0: everyone. Welcome back once again to Whose Health Is It Anyway? with me, Elizabeth Mills. On this episode, I spoke with Melissa. Melissa has lupus. Lupus is an autoimmune disease where your body attacks your own tissues and organs. The inflammation caused by lupus can severely affect the many different systems in your body. Melissa has overcome a lot of medical trauma, having been diagnosed as a teen. She has managed to soldier through has navigated her illness extremely well and is proof that just because you're diagnosed with a long-term illness, yes, it won't always be easy, but you can still achieve your goals and dreams. I need to also apologize for the beeping you may hear in this episode. Turns out our fire alarm decided that was the great time uh, to let us know that the battery was low. (laughs) So please excuse the, the random beeping you may hear. I can't thank you enough for your support of my podcast. So much love to you all till we meet again. Hello, Melissa. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Finally. Okay. So, we've been trying to make this happen, and either I had health issues or you had health issues. It's just been a hot mess (laughs) for both of us. Um, But we managed to get it done. But the good thing is, we both understand what that's like, right? So yeah. when we have to do like last minute cancels, which usually the general popular, like most people don't really understand, especially when you have like, quote unquote, an invisible type illness, right? Yeah. Um, but with you, like we both knew like, okay, she gets it. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah. They are not <don't> bad. <laughs> yeah. So it helped. And then coincidentally too, we are recording this in May, which is uh, lupus awareness month, which we are here to talk about today, which is you having lupus but we we know each other like kind of like as acquaintances from playing soccer together as kids and now you work as a daycare teacher um but I am interested to get into talking about it because I can't imagine living with lupus and working with children (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) seems like a lot um so can you just maybe start off by telling everyone a little bit about about like lupus maybe some people just don't understand what lupus is um and yeah, we can, I guess we can start there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so lupus is an autoimmune disease. It's where if you get a virus, normally your body can fight the virus, but the body teams up with the virus and attacks my immune system. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very hard for me to shake off a cold or a flu. Um, and everyone with lupus doesn't have the same symptoms, which mm-hmm. is kind of unique which mm-hmm. is also kind of hard. Like you try and talk to someone about it and they're like, mm, no, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah.
0: That's, I, so I was actually, di- I was not diagnosed. I was uh, tested for lupus and it was like inconclusive. <laughs> it was weird. So they were like, oh, I guess you don't have it, but it's still up in the air for me even. Um, but it was just so like on the line that they didn't want to confirm, I guess, or deny, but it's the strangest yeah. things. And because I was already on medication that essentially they would give someone with lupus they just kind of thought, eh, if you are like, we're giving you treatment for it anyway. But I'm very much yeah. the type of person that like, I need diagnosis, you know, like, I don't, I don't like yeah, not you knowing. Know you yeah.
1: yeah. So
0: me and my husband have done lots of research and we, we don't think it's lupus, but at the same time, we're keeping an eye on it just in case. Right. So yeah. when were you diagnosed? With your I was
1: diagnosed when I was 16 um, I went to my family doctor then was super old school. Um, me and my mom went to him a couple of times saying like, I have the symptoms. Like, can we get blood work check? And he just kept brushing it off. I'm, You're too mm-hmm. young. You're too young. Mm-hmm. Um, and what were your, what were your symptoms you were experiencing? I was super tired. Like by the end of the day after school, I was gotten Back in high school, I would go Monday, Tuesday, and I would be so exhausted. I'd have to stay home Wednesday just to have enough energy to go Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so fatigue was number one. Joint pain and the common cold could put me in the hospital. Like it just, I was sixteen. I should be out like mm-hmm. hanging out with friends, and it just wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually my gynecologist that diagnosed me. She took blood work. Red flags came up, and yeah. Wow. Quite interesting.
0: <laughs> that's kind of like me. Like it was like another doctor that had nothing to like, you know, had nothing to do with it. Like yeah, I had it.
1: Totally.
0: Yeah. And I was like, can you please send me for this? And then it just took that just took that one doctor to listen. Right. And say, yeah. and see, that's another thing that I relate to you with, because when I was 16 as well, I was experiencing similar things with the fatigue. Mm-hmm. And I just got told, you know, I was a basically a lazy teenager, essentially. Right. Like all teens are tired, you know, but I knew, yeah. I knew I was like, no, this is, is like your body. Yeah. Like I know teens can sleep a lot, but like, I will like have days at a time. Like I could probably sleep a whole day if my dad wasn't like, get up, you know? So yeah. Like, that's why, that's another thing why I, um, suspected it. Cause I thought. Hmm. you know, I, I was experienced early, but they didn't, no one believes you right. When you're that young and exactly. uh, not all the time, I shouldn't generalize, but you know, it does. So I know for me with like COVID hitting and everything that brought a whole list of stresses and worries, you know, that we kind of always live with, with autoimmune stuff, but it was like catapulted, I guess, to a whole new level with, you know, with COVID coming. Um, so did COVID affect you? I'm sure it did, but how did COVID affect you in terms of, uh, you know, seeing doctors or treatments or even mentally, like, you know, for a lot of us,
1: it's COVID still to this day scares the living crap out of me. Mm -hmm. I know like flu can kill you, but just seeing how many people this virus is affecting and knowing if I catch it, like, like the common cold puts me in the hospital for weeks, like Mm -hmm. let alone a deadly virus. Mm -hmm. Um, so because of that, I have not been able to go see my rheumatologist, which is very frustrating because I don't know for you, but with, for my appointments, you do stretches. Like he feels all your joints and mm-hmm. see how it's going. So my appointment was over the phone. So he's trying to explain to me like, oh, bend this way, do you feel anything, hear anything cracking? But I don't know what mm-hmm. like, I'm supposed to be for. Mm-hmm. So it's very frustrating that way.
0: Right. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. I've had the over the phone things too and then you don't know if you can trust yourself or what you're yeah yeah you're like i think i don't know yeah no (laughs) i'm like like this like i don't hear anything yeah that's so that's got to be so like that's got to be so stressful and see like i have a rheumatologist as well okay um yeah who deals with all my um my stuff and he's the one who did the (laughs) the lupus uh testing i'm like i don't know i'm kind of on the fence i'm like maybe i have it cuz it's just i feel like it's so well,
1: so many degrees out of there, yeah right? and that's like, the
0: thing like even with like cvid which is something i have there's like literally like it runs the gamut you know like people can have barely any symptoms people can have all the symptoms mm-hmm. people can have rare symptoms that aren't even really considered symptoms you know and you kind of learn that by for me anyway i learned that by like joining like groups
1: So I would like, I like
0: joined a CVID group and I, when I had alopecia or I still have alopecia, but um, when I lost the majority of my hair, I joined a group and that's when you really learn what's going on because there's stuff that says, you know, well, you need to have these symptoms or you should have these symptoms. But then I'm, I'm hearing from hundreds and hundreds of people who are like, well, no, I didn't have that symptom at all. You know, that, that wasn't the case for me at all. So you start to wonder like, well, what is actually exactly. going on here you know what should we actually be believing because just because you have one or two symptoms or all the symptoms you know, like still you know get in there and get it checked
1: yeah excuse for sure. me check
0: um so I know for me with autoimmune um and it being kind of looked at as a like invisible illness, I guess, because when you have like extreme fatigue and, and things like that, it's not always visible. And I guess I I know for me, you just get used to it, right. It just becomes your normal. So you're functioning like how everyone, like you look like you're functioning like everyone else is, but it's just, you got used to living like that. So how, how has having to live like that every day affected you like mentally in terms of, you know, people looking at you as like, well, she's nothing's wrong with her, but you're actually living with something like this.
1: I struggle with that on a daily like back in high school when I was first diagnosed I failed the only class I ever failed was fashion and it's because my teacher didn't believe me that Mm -hmm. I I missed two weeks because I was quote-unquote sick but I was really sick Mm -hmm. um and even now like my well not so now much now with COVID but Mm -hmm. before COVID my friends be like oh come here on Friday come here on Saturday." well, no, I just worked a 40 hour week with 10 children. Like I am exhausted, mm-hmm. but they don't see it. If I'm not showing up, I'm not sick. Mm-hmm. Or if I don't running a temperature, you're not sick. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Like, or if you I'm don't
0: awesome. look sick, like quote unquote, exactly. look sick. Yeah. Yes. Which I'm not really sure, you know, how, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like you can have, you can have like severe debilitating joint pain. Like how, like For how sure. is someone supposed to know that? And, and, and and judge based on that you know Mm -hmm. and that's what I found like I saw a big shift with my health like with that kind of stuff for me when I lost my hair so it was like it it wasn't visible until then right Mm -hmm. and I I noticed a shift in how I was treated just like publicly so it's almost like it's almost like you're kind of like okay this is kind of nice because now people are actually like Giving yeah. me, the, giving me that extra kindness that I feel I, sh- I deserve. But in reality, we all deserve that extra kindness, no matter what we're going through. Okay. Right. But the, yeah. but then it, it brought on a whole new challenge. Whereas I was, I, people were looking at me like a victim. Mm -hmm. you know, and and it wasn't even kindness anymore. Yeah. It was like, poor her, you know, poor. So then it brings on a whole other, uh, you know, so it's like, no matter which way you go, it's, it's going to be, but I know like that must be hard. I know for me too, you know, I had a boss, I had a boss tell me I didn't sound sick when I called and I was like, well, what I have, it doesn't matter what I sound like. I think I said to him, (laughs) he was like, TMI. I'm like, well, don't ask a stupid question. Like, what do you mean? I don't sound sick. Like, you don't know what I have and I shouldn't have to explain to you. Like, it's like, yeah. it doesn't matter what I sound like. So yeah, that stuff always frustrated me. And and that was like, I didn't even have the answers then, but I think most people are frustrated with that, even if they're just have the cold or, you know, something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I think there'll be a shift now with things like that because of COVID. It's like, maybe people will start taking things a little bit more seriously yeah. and, and be uh-huh. like, and I'm sure, I'm sure people will abuse it. They have a lot of people abuse the system, like the systems, but mm-hmm. I think it'll be better overall because people will be like, you know, I feel crappy. I'm going to stay home. And their bosses hopefully will say, yeah, you know what? Don't come to work. I don't want to catch what you have. Uh, So, this is a question I always ask. And I always start off, before I ask it, I always start off by saying that, you know, I have an amazing team of doctors right now, I I love them. like nurses the healthcare system like I'm very supportive of all of it and I love it but unfortunately in some of our journeys we experience roadblocks or um you know healthcare people that just you know don't help us and Mm -hmm. I know we kind of touched a little bit on it but um just I guess your experiences with being let down maybe by a doctor or the medical community or something like that and along those lines
1: well, the my family doctor, like I said, was super old school, so he didn't support it. Well, I shouldn't say support. He just he wasn't well educated, so he didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was diagnosed at sixteen, no one would treat me around here, so I actually had to go to Sick Kids Hospital once a month, and everyone there is phenomenal. My doctor, mm-hmm. Doctor Silverman, like he was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, since then I've had, I have like an amazing team of doctors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm grateful for that.
0: Yeah. I know it's, it's when you live in smaller communities, I guess like we do, you know, there isn't always the resources for people with long-term illness and that can be, that can be a struggle too, which is something I haven't even touched on in an episode. It's like when you have to then travel, you know, mm-hmm. pay, pay for parking, and yeah. once, once you pass that like two to three
1: hour mar- or that two hour mark, you're like paying a full day parking regardless of oh, yeah. what, how long you've For been my, there. My treatments in Toronto were 12 hours. So me and my parents would go down the night before mm-hmm. and then I'd be there first thing in the morning. I do my blood work and all my tests. And then I would go up to my doctor and they put the IV in me and 12 hours later, I'm on my way home. Do you like, remember what the, off.
0: what those treatments were? Was it like immunoglobulin or... Platelets or no, are...
1: because when I went to Dr. Silverman, they actually found out that I had a bleed in my brain caused by my lupus. Wow. So I, I did um a form of chemotherapy. So that's what mm. I would get through my IV. Um I wonder, I nurse...
0: if, I wonder if it was Rituximab.
1: Maybe Does that sounds familiar? It was so long ago. Yeah, so, I was gonna say I'm when you're so a kid, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? I lose track. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. I forget. I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Oh yeah. No. So I had a nurse come into my house once a week to give me, um, a two hour treatment. And then every three weeks I would go to Toronto and do a 12 hour treatment.
0: Was it so. so when they would come to your house, I'm i I'm a, it sounds so, kind of like a subcutaneous, like a, like would they, would she put a needle in your stomach or
1: nope, then, just in my
0: arm? Oh, she would just give you like a straight like up, an IV
1: treatment. Yeah.
0: Right. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, it's funny how when you you're not living in that world, you know, it's so hard to un, like because I'm living through it now, but I couldn't imagine being, uh, you know, at, 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 the, at a younger age when you're supposed to be like learning about yeah, yourself, going out,
1: like doing things
0: yeah. like that's, that's I crazy. ended up
1: dropping out, not dropping out of school, but I did homeschooling for grade 11 and 12 just because when I started my treatments. I lost most of my hair. I was gaining mm-hmm. weight from my pretnisone. I oh, did
0: not prednisone.
1: It's a love-hate drug. <laughs> Are you still on
0: it? Do you still take no, prednisone? Oh thank God. No. So I'm actually in a three year process of still trying to get off prednisone. I um yeah, I'm down to six point five milligrams. That's good. But it's almost like as soon as I, I hit a point, it's like five milligrams where it just my body's like er, and now we're kind of worried that um my body's not like producing its own cortisol anymore. It just like was like done, which is like adrenal, adrenal insufficiency or something like that. So, um, which I had, I had adrenal crisis before I was hospitalized because I, they didn't, they didn't tell me (laughs) that you shouldn't just stop prednisone, like that you should taper. Like I stopped at 10 milligrams, which is what the doctor told me to do, but my body just couldn't handle that. Like that was too that was too soon for my body to handle, so I was hospitalized from adrenal oh, wow. crisis for that. Um, so now I, I've just been very trying to, you know, like get down, get down. get down. But six point five, you know, I am at the stage where they think I may have to stay on it for life. But I don't know. We'll see if I can get lower than five. Okay. Without, yeah, I know.
1: You take it pill or liquid? Pill. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I've it- had I've had infusions of it, like bags okay. infusions where it's like uh, like I remember getting down solo right before I did this I had adrenal insufficiency then they like pumped a bag into me it was like the highest I just was like there goes all that like basically a year because people don't understand like when you're on prednisone long term it's not like you're just off of it in a week like you have to yeah. well for me too because I I get sick so sick I have to like it takes me literally like six months to get off of like what did I start at Oh man, I got to 10 and then I was still okay. And then I sh- had to shoot back up and then down, and up and down. And up. But the original amount, I think, was like 50 milligrams, 60 or 50 milligrams to three years ago, you know? Yeah. So hopefully I can get it off of it. But I know it's like the yeah. drug you love to hate. Cause in one way, it, it really is. Yeah. It, it makes the so many. Side things effects good, are
1: awful, but, but the side effects are terrible. Good.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had, I had like, they call it the moon face. I had the moon face. Where oh. is it? Whereas, like, your face gets big and round. And yeah. my, uh, my own uncle didn't even, I was like standing in the line with him and he didn't even recognize me. And oh I looked him and I looked him dead in the eyes. And then I, he just kind of smiled like, who's this lady. And then I just <laughs> didn't even say anything. Cause I was like, Oh my God, this is mortifying. Like it's
1: I, know me.
0: yeah, oh. it was terrible. I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> like, and people don't realize, you know, you know, public service announcement announcement. If you can avoid prednisone going on it to begin with, avoid it. I know it's in, in my case, it was a life or death situation. I had to go on it. Taper slowly and do oh, not, sure. do not stop at 20 or 10 milligrams. If you can like you, they, you might be fine, but just like make sure to taper slowly, as slowly as you can. That's that works for your body. Just public yeah. service announcement long, long-term, long-term. Yeah. Some people take it for like a week, you know, even a month I think is fine, but anything longer, oh, okay few years. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you gotta you gotta taper that stuff. (laughs) It's serious stuff. Um so as of right now, in terms of medications, like what do you have to take?
1: Um treatments or things you've tried? I am actually really lucky, knock on wood. I've been in remission for about two years. I've had some flare ups, but Mm -hmm. nothing like they used to be. Mm -hmm. Um so I'm not on anything for my lupus right now. Oh that's awesome yeah um, awesome. this past weekend, like we were supposed to do the podcast, and I got sick. I mm-hmm. was nervous I was getting a flare up, so I called in sick on thir- or on Friday, sorry, and just mm-hmm. had a recoup day and mm-hmm. yeah, back mm-hmm. to my normal self
0: right, so if you do get occasional like joint pain or aches or something, you just take like Tylenol advil, like the yeah. run of the mill stuff right yeah. well, and that's if it gets good
1: really bad, he'll put me back on prednisone for about a week or so, but that's like my last like right, the last resort thing yeah, that, right. Yeah. I know. And then again, too, like if it's in
0: short bursts, it's usually fine. You know, people don't yeah. usually experience uh, the side effects in like short bursts, right? Yeah. It's the long term because I've had people be like advocates for prednisone. They're like, oh, I love it. And I'm like, well, yeah, you must not have to take it more than like a year because <laughs> you did. You wouldn't love it. So, I mean, it's great. No. It does help some things. It does. Like, I'm not going to lie. You know, it does help do good things. But
1: yeah, but my, as a six year old girl, I have yeah. to and then a big lump on my back because of the, oh, the hump. Thing. Yes. Yeah, I had the hump, awful.
0: the prednisone. Like, hump. I'm pretty I think sure a few I names. still have a little bit of it. <laughs> oh, I totally do too. It's weird. Like it's, I think yeah. it's called the prednisone hump. There's a few names for it. Um, yeah. but like people, these are all things that we have to deal with being on a drug, yeah. <laughs> a drug. And then I couldn't imagine it's being 16. So yeah. yeah. Like and then being 16 and dealing with all that stuff. It's like, yeah, what do you, what do you do? Fun. Yeah. That's uh, I can't. I'm just trying to picture like because I lost my hair too, right? So I can't imagine being um, or because prednisone, it's a weird thing. Some people lose hair from taking prednisone. Some people get reflux from it. It's like like we were talking about before. You can literally, depending yeah. on who you are and how your body handles things, anything can happen. So just be yeah. just be Keep an advocate people. for yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. I'm currently in remission with, or a uh, uh, remission, I guess, sort of with my illness glad as well. I'm glad but I unfortunately still have to take, um, med like medications. Um, Mm -hmm. so for me, they give me, which I'm, which I'm, I'm interested why they're not giving it to you, but maybe it's because your body just doesn't act as like violently maybe, but like I have to take immunoglobulin, um, which is, um, like plasma from other people. So essentially, essentially because I'm on immune suppressing, other immune suppressing medications, they need to then give me an immune system by giving me other people's, you know, um, um, immune system basically. So it's like, they're shutting my immune system off, but then they're giving me this blood product so that it can fight off anything I could possibly catch. Right. But now I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a stage where I'm thinking, um, do I need this? You know, what would happen if I like I'm so scared, though, of, of a relapse, you know, like I really yeah. don't want to relapse that because it's like and I'm sure, you know, it can take forever sometimes to get. Oh, yeah. To get back into remission after you've relapsed. And it's you don't want you just sometimes you just stay on something because you don't want to repeat that cycle again. Right. It's just it disrupts your entire life.
1: Oh, yeah. It takes a toll on your body and everything, your health, your mental
0: so how do you, how do you run around with like 10 plus kids and not just want to fall over when
1: you get home? Oh, it is hard. I am welcomed with a glass of wine or a cold beer almost every night. Oh, that's
0: good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I love my job. I was told when I was 16 and like the process and, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a daycare teacher. They're like, no, honey, like, right. have will have immune system. Like you exactly, have job. but lupus took too much of my life I was not letting them take what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. um so I went to Lambton and was doing my ECE and then my lupus flared up so I had to stop going I'm two credits short um but I recently just went back to see if I could redo it and Mm -hmm. because it's been longer than seven years I have to start all over again wow which Is makes no sense. Like, Mm -hmm. give give me some extra courses.
0: Yeah,
1: start all over again.
0: I know, Um, and there there should be some kind of, I guess, illness type
1: something.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and again, this plays into the invisible illness type situation where it's like, if you look fine, they're probably less likely to be like, oh, okay, you know, like like let's help you out and get this situated. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of things that are really stressful. And cause a lot of extra stress on people with long-term illness Mm -hmm. you know it's like I'm not asking you know I'm not asking for a parade every time like you know we need something but it's just a little bit of compassion you know or a little bit of extra help like maybe not having to jump through hoops you know because it because I've been talking to a few ladies with alopecia too and it sounds like you know they they just can't get access to wigs or like like you know, compensation for wigs from the government, because it's like, you have to jump through hoops to get, you know, and then one, one woman said, you know, they told her, well, you don't have, you don't have cancer. So you would need to have cancer. And then someone, and someone else, it was like, we'll give you like up to $400. But if you want an actual human hair wig, these, we're talking a thousand, you know, a thousand Ah. plus, you know, so for, I mean, I guess it's something, but even that getting that is like, like, it's so hard. It seems like everybody's having, so it's just such a struggle. You know, it's, it's, it's always a struggle.
1: So like, we don't want a pity party just, yeah, but we
0: just, yeah, it's just like, can we have one day when we're not having to do all this extra stress and all this extra work just to get things done? Anyway, that's, that's my, my bitch fest (laughs) for the night, for the evening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm annoyed. Help us out. Um, But I guess too, like, I don't, I don't know for you. And I sometimes talk about this with other people. Do you think having lupus is, has made you have a bit more sympathy or a bit more clarity in terms of, you know, how you choose to live your life or how you choose to treat other people?
1: One hundred percent. Um, I have learned to listen to my body. Um, and I'm, yeah, it's, it's, it's been hard, Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. but, um, and then, and then when you see, I guess someone who's just being kind of really jerky, (laughs) I guess, do you tend to have a little bit more, I guess I guess not calm because I wouldn't say I'm that calm, but I just find that I'm I I walk differently now in the sense that I see someone and I'll either just choose to avoid it, whereas before I might react, you know, negatively. Yeah.
1: No, or... I always remind myself that they might be going through something like don't judge a book by its cover. That's a big mm-hmm. thing because mm-hmm. you don't know how that person's day is going or how they're feeling inside or mm-hmm. anything. Right. So exactly. I feel like I have more compassion for people. Not mm-hmm. saying I was like a bitch before any Right, right.
0: No, exactly. I, exactly. And, I, and more- I don't want, I don't want people to think sometimes when I talk about it too, I'm like, I hope other people don't think that I think I'm better than them or that I have. But, <laughs> but when you live through stuff like this, you know, you, it does really like, you know, just make you realize like, wow, you know, if other people don't realize what I'm going through and I see it every day that they don't realize what I'm going through, then, you know, this person or that person could be possibly going through something who, who knows what sure. possibly worse. And, you know, so I need to walk with a bit more compassion and understanding. And, and to be honest, like even just choosing to do that, um, it's like, it's like freeing in a way for sure. You know, cause you're just letting a lot of the baggage go that you otherwise, yeah. like, I know if this didn't happen to me, I would hold on to a lot more baggage than I, than I do now. Right. Because I don't, I know now that there's no sense in, you know, hanging on, I'm still not perfect. We all are working on it, but yeah, it's, it's made a difference for me in how I see and treat other people who maybe aren't the nicest. (laughs) So is there, is there anything that like, really, I guess we kind of touched on this, but in terms of living with lupus, like, are there things you feel like people just don't understand? Like even when you explain it to them or you sit and talk to them, they can see it. Like they just don't.
1: Yeah. The wheels aren't turning. Yeah. 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 Lots of people, even in my family, it's still a struggle. Like it's the visibility illness. Mm -hmm. You don't look sick. So you're fine. Like suck it up. Let's get going. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I can't like Mm -hmm. even at work. Like I absolutely love my job. It's so rewarding but at the end of the day, it's tired or like, if mm-hmm. I need a day off, like, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I know people have sometimes said, like, I know I've seen people write like, oh, you should go into a job and be like, well, I have this illness, so I'm, I'm going to need, you know, maybe time off as a, the reality is that's not how life is. No. <laughs> you know, <No>. people are <laughs> like, you're going to work until you die. You no. know, like if you fall down dead, then we'll be like, oh, shoot, you know, <laughs> maybe shoot yeah. Maybe she was uh, not feeling the greatest today. That was my experience anyway. Like, I just feel like every job I ever had was just, you're running and running into the ground, you know? And like, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur because I always just had this thing with working for other people. It just, Mm -hmm. it just made me, like, I just didn't like, didn't, it didn't suit me. Can I say, well, my husband helped me branch out and be able to do that, but I just, and and that was one of the biggest things. It was like when I felt sick or when I felt ill, like I felt this need to, because I also was a people pleaser. So mm-hmm. I just felt this need to like push past an illness, or push push past what I was feeling and go to this person's in place of, that they yeah. owned and work my ass off, run myself into the ground. And ultimately, you know, my health suffered huge because yeah. of that. Um, oh, yeah. but, but we all don't always have the luxury of missing work or, or not going to work, right? We got to pay the bills, <laughs> but that's where- I'm- a little bit of help, you know, but go along. I'm always,
1: yeah, I'm always nervous for letting people down. If I have to leave an event early or can't Mm -hmm. make it at all. Mm -hmm. Some people just don't understand and it's, or even if they do, I still feel bad because like you, I'm a people pleaser. Yeah.
0: I remember like, I remember if I ever, if I went to church with my parents and stuff and they drink from the, because we're, my parents are Catholic. They drink from the wine, like everybody would drink from the same wine thing. And after I got sick, I was like, no, (laughs) you know, and then even the shaking the hands, like sometimes I would get so stressed out. Like I would know it was coming. Like everybody was going to like say the sign of peace and shake hands. And I would just be lined up for the bathroom. Like I'd be like bathroom time. Like I'd just go to the bathroom and stand in the stall because I just was like, so scared of shaking everybody's hands. And then my dad was like, just bring hand sanitizer. But then I felt so scared of using it because I didn't want to offend people Mm-hmm. Right. It's like this whole thing, like where it was like, if I used a hand to after touching someone's hand, they would get, they would be offended, like look offended oh, yeah. because they'd be like, you think I'm like dirty or something, but in reality that like, wasn't the case, you know? And then, oh. so I just kind of stopped going to church because it was just so stressful on me. I mean, I'm still on the fence of where I sit with all that, but I just mean like, you know, I was so stressed out just in that environment. And it was like, nobody understood, no. you know, it was just like, this extreme anxiety, no one's understanding, of course, you know, but I feel like now with COVID, like moving forward, I can feel like, okay, to wear a mask and I can feel okay to use hand sanitizer after I've, you know, touched someone's hand or touched something, you know, I, I don't have to feel that paranoia anymore. And that's been like such a relief, really? yeah, I guess, so. right. And mm. I know, cause like for you, like you said, like a cold can put you in the hospital. Mm. Which is like me, right? Like if I ever got the flu, hospitalized. Like there was no oh, yeah. right. It was just like you're at the hospital. Like my Brad, my husband knew already. He's like from the first signs, he's like, We're going to the hospital because he knew like I wasn't going to bounce back unless I was, yeah. you know, hospitalized. <laughs> so it sounds like a similar pattern for you. Um, yeah. So it's just been, it's been like obviously COVID is terrible, but there are things that are coming out of it for our community. I guess people with yeah. autoimmune. That are going to make our lives a little bit easier and maybe gives people, yeah, gives people exactly a cleaner world gives people a little bit more understanding of kind of like what our lives are because yes, we didn't live in a, we didn't live in a, we didn't live in quarantine, but we kind of did because especially during cold and flu season, you know, we would have to be like paranoid and and nervous and I would go places. I would push myself because like you said before, you don't want to live in fear. Yeah. But you're always kind of like, oh God, you know, uh, like this is scary or that, or like th- I could catch something, you know, it's, it's terrible. And I think people got a glimpse into like what that kind of feels like, you know, I'm just being scared to go to the grocery store and touching all the things that yeah. everybody touched. And, you know, it's, it's definitely, welcome to
1: world.
0: <laughs> yeah, welcome to our world. <laughs> um, but we don't wish it on you, but maybe no, now, you understand- <laughs> yeah, but maybe now you understand a little bit about, you know, the stress that goes on in our minds when we're just trying to deal That so, with that said, like for me, I know I have techniques and things that I use to like manage anxiety and stress because it could literally drive you crazy just thinking about all the germs, this, the sickness, like possibly dying of something, like you know, from catching something. So, how are you? How do you push yourself and achieve the things you wanted in spite of having lupus and having to push past all that stuff?
1: anxiety I found has stopped me mm-hmm. um, over the years mm-hmm. um, it's probably just probably just the, like the last six months that I've just gotten the confidence of going out and I just have to remind myself that you are okay Melissa like you have mm-hmm. your mask you have your sanitizer my hands are raw in the winter time especially working at daycare and all the mm-hmm. little red noses and everything mm-hmm. but I just have to keep reminding myself that it's okay. Like just free take one day at a time. That's my mm-hmm. motto.
0: Yeah. That's actually a good thing. And I've, I've started to adapt that more too. like, don't try not to stress about tomorrow. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. You know, the next day, the next day after that, which I do. <laughs>
1: so um,
0: yeah. One day at a time. That's, that's yeah. That's the best way to do it. I think too.
1: There's a story called <laughs> the spoon theory um, and it's of a lady her and her best friend go to a diner and her friend asks what lupus is and she grabs spoons from the table and she places them out and every activity you do during the day is a spoon so waking up and showering there's a spoon going for a walk there's a spoon working all day that's like five spoons and Mm -hmm. you only get 10 spoons a day and it really makes you think like makes you prioritize your day better like how many how many spoons is this activity going to take or how many spoons mm-hmm. is this activity going to take? Because when you run out of spoons, you run out of fuel for your body and that's what over, like, that's why. Right. So it's, spoons.
0: it's like, it's like putting it into a tangible thing so that your mind can mm-hmm. kind of like see it more as that Then yeah, that's, that's actually a good point. Like, because when it's tangible and you can see it and you can feel it and touch it, yeah. it makes more sense somehow. Mm -hmm. yeah that's so true because then you're like okay well there goes my five spoons so maybe I should rest now because I've used up all my spoons ah that makes a lot of sense that's we're we're humans we're weird aren't we (laughs) right (laughs) we need these like tangible things or else just we're
1: just we'll just work ourselves Mm -hmm. to like to no end and the people that don't understand lupus will be like oh okay I get it now right right
0: I just I immediately go to thinking of like weight watchers points (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I remember I did weight watches before I got married. I was like, I just want to lose 10 pounds. I was like, I just want to lose 10 pounds. But I remember I ate like all the points for like breakfast the <laughs> one day. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, no wonder I'm a little bit overweight for my height. <laughs> okay. This makes sense. I'm eating all the points I'm supposed to eat, uh, for the day in one meal. That that's, uh, that's not good. Um, that yeah, was a hilarious story from my, uh, before I got married. Now that I look back, I'm like, Oh my God, I didn't need to lose 10 pounds. But we live and learn.
1: (laughs) I have a question for you though. Yeah. When you lost your hair, Mm -hmm. what were your emotions? What did you feel during it?
0: Oh man. It was a whole like gamut of things. It's like, it was the craziest thing. It was like, it was like there was stages, right? So it's like, it's happening and you're trying to hide it at first it's like, you're seeing patches and you're like, Oh God, you know, and you're terrified Mm. and you don't want this to get out. You don't want people to know it from in my experience anyway. Right. And, um, you know, I'm trying to hide it with hats or scarves or, you know, whatever you can extensions. At first I could get away with just putting extensions in and like making it like more volume. Um, and then it gets to a point where you can't do that, you know, and you, you just think like, Oh God, this is the worst thing that could ever happen in my life, you know, which of course everything is when we're as humans. Um, So, you know, my husband was like, let's just shave it. Like, let's just shave it. Like you're torturing yourself. Like just pulling out chunks of your hair every day. He's like, it's falling out. Like, you just got to, we got to shave it. We got to shave it. And I was like holding on to like those last strands. I was like, what, like, when I look back now, I'm like, what was I doing? Like, I literally had like hair on the top. Like, what, what was I going to do? Like, I couldn't really style that. So I had made the decision. It was like, finally, finally, I hit like somewhat of an acceptance and I was like, okay, just take control back, take control back, you know? So I, we did shave it. And then I did feel like this immense relief. Mm-hmm. And then the next step was like telling people. And that was a relief because I was like, oh my God, I don't got to hide this anymore. You know, I was okay. like, I don't have to hide this anymore. Like everybody knows it's just out there. It's done. Mm-hmm. Then it was like this weird, like, oh shit, I'm bald. <laughs> You know, it was like on a high for a few days. Cause I was like, "Wee, I did it. Yeah, And then it was like, oh, okay, wait, now I got to live like this forever, you know? So then it was like a whole new set of like, you know, you question everything. Like, are you still attractive? You know, is your spouse still going to find you attractive? Like how this, that, and the other. And I just had a final like moment when I was, um, looking in the mirror, And I remember at this point I had no hair, I had no eyelashes, I had no eyebrows. I was covered in rash, like head to toe. I'd had some kind of crazy reaction. And I remember just being like, I'm either gonna freak out. Like this is the day I just like lose my mind, like run Mm -hmm. through the street, get arrested. Like, I'm just like, I'm literally gonna snap. (laughs) Or I was just like, or you can just like, this is life, this is it. Like you, you can snap and go crazy. You can go to bed and never get up again. But what is that gonna change?
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: and I just thought I have to, I have to, I'm going to live this regardless if I'm happy or I'm sad, same, yeah. same experience. And I can't get any days back. Right. I can't yeah. get any of those days back. So I just have to. So thankfully, you know, I, I, I had enough presence of mind to just be like, choose the, you know, the healthier path for me. And not to say I still didn't have extreme mental problem, oh, yeah. like issues, you know, going through that. Of course I did, but it was this whole process, but I do feel I really have a strong conviction that I, because I pushed through it and I told myself, you know, I'm just going to go with the flow. What comes from me will come for me. I hope it's great. You know, and that's just what I'm going to do from this day forward. And I mean, like, as you can see, I pretty much have almost all my hair back. I have, it's still thinner than it was. There's still balding patches, but you know what? Hey, I'll take this over, you know, completely bald. So I really feel like a positive, as positive as I could be, because we're human. Yeah. We're not always positive, positive uh, positive attitude, you know, moving forward with, um, just this sense of, I I'm going to get better. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to take the steps I need to take to make myself better and things are going to, and things are going to be better. You yeah. know, I really feel like that helped me, you know, and I, I actually had a call with a good friend, like on Saturday, like on the weekend. And, um, He had some health issues too. And he said, he just started being like, screw this. I'm just going to like get healthy, as healthy as I can. And I'm going to wake up every morning and just basically tell myself, this is going to go away. I'm going to get better someday. This will be better. And I'll look back and I'll be happy that I stayed positive. And he just said he did that every day. You know, he woke up and he was like, things will be, things are going to be better. And now he's like, hasn't had issues with his health for like years
1: after he did that. Like it's Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I feel like that is a great, I mean, some of us, you know, have illnesses, of course, that I don't know if mind control (laughs) will work on, but I think it helps. It definitely helps to get you because when you're feeling better, no matter what you're going through, if you're feeling more confident in the situation, um, you can move forward, you know, with, with most things, um, you know, and, and that's only going to help because you're going to be less stressed you know, you're gonna have a more happy, positive attitude and that's only going to be be bet. That's only going to be the best for your health. Right. For sure. So why not, you know, take a shot at it and and see. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. I, when I lost my hair, it was a different story. It's I stopped going to school and then my friends stopped hanging around and my hair was the only thing I had control of Mm -hmm. and then slowly in the I would have to shower with rubber gloves on because I hated the feeling of hair on my fingers Mm -hmm. and I would lose clumps of it in the shower Mm -hmm. so when I lost my hair it was but again I was 17 years old
0: right it
1: Mm -hmm. was just awful thankfully I still had it was like a very short boy cut and then I just had a couple I had well two big bald spots on either side so thankfully Mm -hmm. I still had my hair but as a teenager, it sucks.
0: Wow. What do you think got you through that? Because I can't imagine. Because going through it as an adult, I was like devastated at first, uh, you know, and just happened to get through because I did have the help of having a spouse and a child to kind of push me.
1: But like, mm-hmm. how did you,
0: how did you just keep pushing that?
1: It, pushing through. It that? was hard. That's when my depression came out. Um, music, honestly, just, I could relate so much to music. It would just make you had a bad day you put on some Shania Twain or some upbeat music and just dance Mm -hmm. it out Mm -hmm. I still Mm -hmm. do that I have dance kitchen or dance parties in my kitchen almost Mm -hmm. every night dinner like that's awesome yeah and of course my family like my parents siblings were amazing
0: so I'm assuming like because you were a little younger your parents were kind of those advocates for you like with your health in terms of when you were like I guess because it it seems like you've are in a lot better place now and you had your parents there so what were some things they did maybe that you think helped you kind of adjust into it like now as an adult
1: just be there and explain because you go to the doctor and they're like throwing huge words at you and you're like what like, mm-hmm. what does this mean <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so just having my mom my mom was there my dad was the guy that because you can only have one parent so he was right. the waiting room. It was my yeah. mom? She came with me and just explained and just be there with me. And yeah, on those days that I just cried because none of my friends wanted to hang out or understood, they were just there. Mm-hmm. I have a really good connection with my a relationship with my parents. So that's I'm amazing. That.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And like yeah, so for like other parents who are maybe have teenagers who are like going through some kind of health issue. I guess just being, because realistically they're teenagers, right? Mm-hmm. So information a lot of the time is going to go in one ear and out the other, because especially oh, when they're, yeah. when they're overwhelmed, stressed, you know, full of anxiety and they're going through teenage things, which doesn't help. So I guess yeah. for you in that case too, it was just having them to support you to listen and take that information so that now as an adult, you are set up with, I guess, I know like,
1: the questions to ask yeah. And, and
0: they've kind of helped guide you in terms of, now taking on your own health like taking on your health because that's that's gonna happen for all of us, right? If we're diagnosed as a child, you or have an illness as a child, eventually you grow up and you kind of have to take on that from for not for everyone, but for some of us we have to take on that responsibility, right? Of our own health care and asking all those questions. Yeah. And it sounds like your parents being there was obviously a huge help, but oh, that yeah. they listened and got that information for you so that you could mm-hmm. then understand it. And I think to especially with younger children, but maybe teenagers, you don't even need to overload them right away, yeah, right? You could no. probably like take in the information, research it, you know, learn about it and then kind of slowly introduce it to them in a way that doesn't scare them, you know, mm-hmm. or helps them understand like what their body's doing or what they're going through.
1: Being because a I, is hard. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my God. Being a teenager is so hard. I would never, I never, I don't want to be a teenager again. <laughs> no. I'm so glad I'm not a teenager anymore. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I have an 11 year old and I'm just like, here we go. Like, <laughs> I am like, you have to live through the teenage years. I feel so bad for you, but
1: then it's Love great you, girl.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then like add an illness, you know, it's just that's, and and I don't know, you know, I know there are people out there who are younger, maybe who don't have that support system. You know, and like, I know because you lived through it as a teen, like if you didn't have the support system of your parents, like looking at it, looking back at it now, if you didn't have that support of your parents, like what do you think were things that as an adult now you would have, you would tell yourself as a teen, like you should do these things or you should, you know.
1: Listen to the doctors. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Stay out of the
1: sun. Stay out of the sun. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And I guess Um, like record it maybe.
0: Yes. like as a teen, like yeah. ask if you can record the conversation, because then you can go home and,
1: you know, add and don't be afraid of the questions. Don't be afraid of anything. If you have any concerns, just ask.
0: Right. Cause that's another thing with teens that can be embarrassed to ask, mm-hmm. you know, certain questions and are uncomfortable because that would be kind of embarrassing. You know, if you had, you know, had, had a question to ask and about something, I remember being a teenager, you know, you don't want to, you know, and if you're a female with a male doctor or vice versa, it might make it even more for teens. Everything is like, you know, 10 times more scary than anything else. So, yeah. And just to kind of like recap again. So with lupus, it's an autoimmune disease. Yes. And it's basically your immune system attacks your own tissues. So an organ. So with some people it's like like the inflammation caused by the lupus can affect like any body, like all, all, like any body system. So, yeah,
1: so like their joints,
0: their skin, their kidney, their blood cells, brain, like you were saying heart and lungs. So that's why when you said it could be like a range of different things, it can literally be a range of different things.
1: Yeah. And everyone with lupus, it affects a major organ. So mine's my kidneys. So I get kidney stones and kidney effect infections like it's just it's nothing new to me. I'm like, oh, it hurts. Okay. There's my kidneys like not wow. working properly. Um, but yeah, it can it's scary how much it can affect.
0: Wow. Do you have, are you part of any kind of support groups or like
1: do you know of anything like that? Or have you just kind of been yeah, no. pushing through? <laughs> um live, um Lupus Ontario? Um, they are amazing. I follow them on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, they have a magazine that comes out once a month, and I think it was about seven years ago they asked me to be a part of it so I wrote an article and
0: oh that's awesome it.
1: It was pretty exciting for me oh that's yeah. so awesome um and then a family friend of ours she has lupus um Dana and she even now if I have a random like oh this is weird like is this a symptom or did you have this she's very she's helpful she's mm-hmm. always there so mm-hmm.
0: yeah I think definitely finding support in people, because even if you have an amazing support system, you know, with your family, they're not living it, you know, they're not experiencing the weight of the mental toll and everything that it takes. And what can tend to happen, which is what I found is that once the illness becomes just normal, you know, like you're functioning at, I guess, a normal rate, you know, quote, um, somewhat of a normal (laughs) what appears to be normal and it just kind of disappears almost in in the reality of everyone else but you're still so much in the heart of it and living it that it can Mm -hmm. feel like it still can be lonely right so having like a support group or um so what was that what was that facebook group you said um lupus ontario yeah yeah Yeah. so i mean joining that I Mean yeah. sometimes, and you don't even I always tell people you don't even have to be active, like actively like commenting or anything like that. Just reading what people are posting sometimes exactly. can give you such relief. Just like, oh, I had that once, or oh, that's yeah. interesting, you know. And
1: oh, I I'm think, not going crazy. This yeah, is actual- yeah, <laughs> right,
0: exactly. And yeah. like, and some people just need that. They need that, you know, they need to validate some of the things they're feeling. Because sometimes, even with doctors, you know, if, if it's not a symptom of that thing, they'll be like, well, no, like, you don't need to worry about it. But then you go on these groups and there's like a hundred other people that are like, I yeah. have that too. Well, something's got to give here. You know, if I, if yeah. all these hundreds of other people are having it and you're telling me it's not a symptom, well, I would say yeah. <laughs> based on the number of people that are saying they have it, this could possibly be a symptom yeah. and maybe we should look into it.
1: Right. And I actually, during my treatment one time in Toronto, I met a girl there and we stay connected till this day. We're friends on Facebook and Instagram and we message back and forth and see how our progress is going. So, yeah. That's amazing.
0: That's amazing. Now, have you ever done any type of therapy or, you know, anything like that, just to kind of
1: talk? Oh,
0: for sure. Like, Mm -hmm.
1: again, like going back being 16 and having this all go through it and I'm not one to express my emotions so I just let it just pile up pile up and I remember I think I was 19 and music was my go-to when I was upset and I went to go plug it in to add some songs and it deleted everything and that was just my breaking point so my mom got me in, and I talked to a counselor and my sister's amazing she's like my go-to therapist every day Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah no you have to talk about it. Like, right. And sometimes you know,
0: like sometimes because like when you're your family, typically if you have a good support system, they're always going to be like, oh, you're right. Like, oh, it's OK. Exactly. You know, Like, they're going to be more on that end, which, which which sometimes what you need is like a third party person who has no yeah. like emotional connection to you, who's going to say it like it is. And it's almost yeah. like you feel it more. Right. Because, oh, you know, sure. you know, like, OK, this person isn't just saying this, you know, because they don't know me you know, hmm. it's, it's for me too. I think it's so important. I'm glad to hear that you did do that because a lot of people I talk to, especially yeah. with the alopecia series, I don't think many of them ever did therapy, you know? And, and I, I understand that some people just, they just don't have the money to, to spend in that. And again, with trying to get therapy when you can't afford it, I'm sure is like jumping through hoops as well, you know, wow. <laughs> to get it free or get it covered. Some people might have benefits again I don't want to speak for everybody but I know for some people to challenge and
1: they've oh, already got sure.
0: they've got enough going on you know so they don't they don't really have the energy to like yeah. to want to do that
1: I remember crying in my car and needing to talk to someone and I called all these helplines and you needed you needed to pay or you needed benefits and it's like
0: wow it's even help even helplines eh
1: yeah like you wow
0: it just shakes good. my head <laughs> yeah oh my goodness. Well, and I, especially with teens, because it's such a, it's such a hard time, like we said, with, with everything going on just anyway, you know, from being a teenager and then add in all this stuff. And yeah. I can't even imagine, like, I can't even say I had a lot of friends. Cause I, I had maybe like three friends and they lived kind of far from me. So I didn't really see, like get to hang out with them as much as I would have liked, but to have people kind of turn their back or not be around when you kind of need them the most and at that really vulnerable stage in your life like I can't like that's hard to put your shoes in you know because we all know if we were a teenager what that's what that was like yeah to have to live through that yeah did you did you like did you have some friends that still
1: yep you know my my best friend all through high school she was probably the only one that stuck around but it's hard like mm-hmm. high school you want to go out and party and stuff and who wants mm-hmm. to sit at home and watch like the bachelorette yeah. on a friday <laughs> night. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but that's okay. Life moves on. You but grow that's, and meet new people.
0: Yeah, but I mean like that friend is such a special person. I'm sure to you now even even so much more because you have that you know, you have that experience with her that's just like so special. And yeah. I guess it's just, you know, and they always say you can have like hundreds of friends, but one true friend, you know, is sure. it's like, so she
1: saw me at my worst and she's
0: still my friend. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing yeah. that you had that at least too. And while you wouldn't be here today, unless you championed through all that stuff as well. Yeah. So I think you owe yourself a lot of credit as well for getting through that. <laughs> Cause that's crazy. Do you, I'm kind of living in a, I wonder if you feel this way too, but I'm kind of living in a situation where I feel like when COVID hit and stuff too, like everyone kind of got super scared, like for me. Mm -hmm. So then I, so then I felt like I was even more in a bubble because I was like, if I wanted to go to the grocery store, let's say even with a mask and gloves, it was like, you shouldn't go like, you know, your husband should go, like, you shouldn't be leaving your house at all. Like, don't answer your door. And it was like, wow, this is, like intense. Like, do you feel did you feel kind of that that heat you know from
1: everyone around for you? Sure. <laughs> I uh like call my mom and be like, oh I forgot this. I'm gonna go there. And she's like, no, you can't go. Like yeah. she made me scared. Like yeah. I couldn't leave my house. Yeah. Um, so I ended up actually moving back with my parents' house for a little bit, just COVID and I lived by myself and it just got it got a little dark. Oh um, right. So I, moved, I moved back home for about a month. But even then like she wouldn't let me and my dad do anything yeah. or like my sister would be like no you can't go out like I'll get you this or whatever right. pick up my meds I'll get it delivered like don't go yeah. out yeah they may be scared for my life even mm. though like as long as you're you're careful you're okay right. that's
0: actually a good that was actually a good decision I think to move in with them just to kind of because not for one you won't be so lonely because yeah. with, with COVID it's like not saying that people live alone are lonely I, but I mean like to not be able to go anywhere or see anybody yeah. and be yeah. completely cut off from the world. Like I couldn't imagine. So yeah. I think that was a great. <laughs> <My cat. laughs> to yeah. And then just having that like connection every day. And, you know, cause I think yeah. we all went through the phases where it was like the, the game nights and the, the zoom calls or like, you know, just like the certain things that we did to cope the first like little bit. And then we were like, this will be over soon. And now we're, yeah. you know, a year later still kind of dealing yeah. with it. it we're just hopefully moving forward though, I refuse to let what I think people are going to say affect my health. So if I want to wear a mask on a plane, I'm going to, because I used to always try to wear masks on planes, even before any of this. And I always felt judged. Like I always felt people were staring at me. I always felt like they were thinking I was sick and I came on a plane and they were like offended by me, you know, but now it's like, screw that I'm wearing a mask, you know, I'll probably still be wearing masks in hospitals for a long time to come. Oh yeah, And, um, that's just it for me because I, I, I need to keep myself safe. And, and that's that. Like, I, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic too, we got a lot of flack for like, like my, my husband had a like literally one box of masks, <laughs> but we had masks from just everyday life for me. Right. Yeah. Because when it was flu season and stuff, I would need to have masks.
1: Mm-hmm. And the
0: amount of people that messaged me basically telling me I was like an idiot, like, like this one guy, Oh God just was like, you guys are idiots. Like, um, I guess his wife's a paramedic or something, and we should give her masks to him, her. And I was like, sir, <laughs> I was like, first of all, you don't understand. Cause these aren't like, these aren't masks that they would give a paramedic anyway. So first of all, mm-hmm. that, that theory is like, doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Um. Definitely. Like we can't do that because they wouldn't give it to her anyway. Um. We've already owned these for how long? So no one would take them anyway because of COVID, <laughs> you know, Yeah. these are, this is an open box of masks that we've been actively using for longer than just, you know, this pandemic. Yeah. And I was like, I refuse to let you make me feel bad because I have some masks, one box. And I think there was like five masks in it or something. I was like, I just refused because it just brought out just such like, like awfulness in a lot of people, which was really like hurtful and and hard to grasp because I thought, dear God, like if I, if me, someone with an autoimmune disorder disease can't even, you know, have a mask without being just like,
1: yeah, tortured about
0: it. Yeah. And criticized. I was like, that's ridiculous. Like I even had to just like get rid of, I took Facebook off my phone, you know, I have it on my computer, but I very rarely go on it. You know, it's just, I I honestly can't stand Facebook. Like I use it the odd time for my, like whose health is it anyway? And things like that, or to stay in communication with family that are away, you know, but if I can avoid it, I avoid it at all costs. Cause I feel like it just breeds the most negative, hurtful, like hateful people just come out of the woodwork on there. You know what I mean? Even Um, just the
1: simplest questions on the just ask pages, you get like, like Oh. ripped for it like oh. people sit and like you have nothing better to
0: do exactly and that's how it where it all stemmed from like my husband started like a COVID-19 like Facebook page
1: mm-hmm. I to followed help. him
0: yeah because he was researching from like day one like when it yeah. when it was in Wuhan like he had a friend who lived in Wuhan so she was like messaging back and forth with him and she was like this is insane like you guys need to like prepare get yourself ready this is nuts like and I know people thought he was crazy like they were just like this guy and even I was kind of like "Whoa, like I don't think it'll get all the way here, Brad. Like maybe we're, maybe it's a little bit of an overreaction, but I was also like a little bit nervous. And then when everything hit, you know, then all of a sudden more people started joining the Facebook page, like asking him questions. Cause he had done so much research, right. He was just like yeah. this like fountain of knowledge, but yeah, that just bred, you know, room for people to criticize oh and yeah. And judge and we we're getting like messages. And I was, I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't take it. And I knew I was like, you know what, this has nothing to do with me. It's them. But if someone with an illness can't even get wear a mask, then we're all in trouble. And and there was a lot of people experiencing that. You know, people who were were cancer diagnosed uh, or going through chemo and stuff and needed to wear a mask in the grocery store were getting screamed at. You know what I mean? And then there was a shift where it was like people that weren't wearing masks are getting screamed at. You know, it's just like you know, (laughs) know, it's just like all over the place. But I wish as a whole we could come together and just live through this pandemic and be kinder to each other. And I think some of us have, but unfortunately too, it's just become, yeah, begin, become a bit of a hot mess, (laughs) but whatever, we'll get through it. We'll, we're surviving it and hopefully we'll have like herd immunity or or whatever it is in in no time and be able to live a little bit more normally, even though I don't think life will ever be exactly Exactly. the same as it was before. No. So to end on a positive note (laughs) after that little rant about (laughs) face. I always like to just have people say like something that like something positive that would help others who are maybe struggling and not necessarily even through lupus, like with lupus or, or, th- or things like that, because we're all, you know, dealing with our own struggles and mm-hmm. mental health and everything and feeling low. So is there anything you can say that maybe has helped you or something you feel is like uplifting in a way? To kind of help people who may be struggling in some way in their life right now.
1: Just, I'm a big person for journaling, writing how you feel down. And mm-hmm. after you can take it, you can burn it, you can rip it up, do whatever you want, or keep it and laugh at it two months from the like down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but just be kind to yourself, listen to yourself. Who cares what other people think? They can all screw off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And taking and taking it day at a time helps with that.
0: Right. Because you can and I know I know there's a stigma around medication, but I genuinely feel like if there's medications out there that will help someone who's just really mentally struggling, you know, and Mm -hmm. um a medication just genuine like just helps them, you know, helps them kind of get through the day, helps them focus, you know, it doesn't cause them any other harm. You know, I think that just yeah, putting yourself first, even if it means you know, making choices that other people maybe think you shouldn't make, but that help you, you know, exactly. get through what you're going through. Okay. So, let's say someone wants to follow you on Instagram and kind of like maybe they have lupus or maybe they have a child that has lupus or maybe they think they have lupus and um, they would like to ask you some questions or you know even just
1: give you a follow. What's your um, Instagram? It is Mac Campbell. So M A and then Campbell twenty seven. Perfect. And then Melissa Campbell on Facebook.
0: Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Because it sounds like, even though we're obviously we're all struggling, but it sounds like you seem like you're in a pretty good place right now in terms of I'm very happy and coped, uh, coped with the lupus and everything. And I think that's a good example of um, maybe if someone's in like the darkest part right now, like maybe they're in the dancing in their room, yeah, you know, to all the songs right now phase. Um, <laughs> so they could be here, they could have the career that they've always wanted. Um, in spite of that, you know and um take charge
1: of your life do not let it take things away from you exactly exactly
0: and you're proof of that exactly (laughs) well thank you so much melissa i'm just so glad that we actually got it together like illnesses aside that we were able to (laughs) to get together and do this um i hope you have a great night
1: yeah you too thank you you're welcome bye bye bye